This is the Faith Ventures Podcast, a project of the Libertarian Christian Institute, telling stories of Christians doing business for the glory of God. If you appreciate this program, support the nonprofit work of LCI by donating at libertarianchristians.com slash donate. And if you'd like to share your story, contact us at podcast at libertarianchristians.com. Welcome back to Faith Ventures. I'm Dr. Norman Horn, and today with me, I am pleased to introduce to you Miss Jennifer Ritchie, the wife of Luke Ritchie and our previous guest on Faith Ventures podcast, one of the co-founders of Gravity Jack, one of the world's first augmented reality companies. She is the chief strategy officer for Gravity Jack. And if you go onto their LinkedIn page or anywhere where you find Gravity Jack, you'll sometimes see her videos. She is lovely. She is wonderful. And she is ready to tell us about her journey through faith and business. Jennifer, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. So as we mentioned, we had Luke on last week, and it was a wonderful conversation. I'm so glad that we could have you on board as well. We're going to get a slightly different perspective. You both are unified in your vision, of course, for Gravity Jack, but you also come with unique points of view. And so first off, as we always want to do here, I want to kind of give you the opportunity to tell us about your career journey. How did you get to be where you are today? And especially as that pertains to how you and Luke have interacted and formed Gravity Jack together. Yeah, so I was actually going to be an attorney before I got swooped into the tech world and met Luke. I came from a line of attorneys. My brother's an attorney, my dad, my grandpa, and I have a passion for it. So I was on my way to law school. We met skydiving down in California. He was down, I lived down there, born and raised. He was visiting a friend. The rest is history, right? I ended up moving <laughs> up to, to Washington State and we started Tometa Software together, which was a PC software company. We had a lot of people overseas, developers, coders overseas, but our project managers here stateside, and I ran a lot of the books. So I did more of a CFO financial oversight role until that company got acquired by a gaming company. Still did the same thing, which I was good at it, but it wasn't fulfilling. You know, just because you're good at something doesn't mean it's fulfilling. Yeah, I was good at the numbers. I understood. I'm like, oh, this is so boring. <laughs> and then Gravity, for me, other people love them and kudos to you. But for Gravity, sure. it was founded in 2009. And it would have been right around like the 2011 timeframe that I really shifted into interfacing with the clients directly, really being on the front lines of the concepting and the creative and the clients and, and getting to execute on that front. And then it evolved into the strategy aspect of things just because... I'm able to put pieces together down the path. And so now I feel like I'm really in a spot that is fulfilling. I love what I do, the people I meet, the problems that we have to solve, you know, just because I don't know how to code, which I don't, doesn't mean <laughs> I don't know what's possible. So I feel like I've fallen into this role of interpreter, if you will. You know, I've got mm -hmm. all these highly technical, extremely intelligent team members and I get to break all that down and help explain it to clients new and during the project. So that would be kind of the journey that has gotten me to today. That's so cool. And just to, you know, I have a lot of family in the legal business as well, if you will. So I, I respect that. But it's something I didn't know about you. We didn't, we didn't go over that earlier. That's yeah. really interesting. So considering the way in which you guys have proceeded through Gravity Jack, it seems like you guys have gone through some kind of visionary changes for what it is meant to become. And you have so many interesting ways of thinking about the way that augmented reality even not just serves the customer and what you can do in the marketplace, but like even going so far as to thinking about translation and whatnot. 
I'm curious, like, how did you guys come to discover that this was the vision that you really wanted to accomplish? Augmented reality or the translation yeah. piece, the holistic? Kind of, well, you started with the augmented reality, but like, yeah. how did you get to like kind of this understanding that you can do something with this yeah. that goes beyond just what you normally might expect in the marketplace like this? Yeah, so this is a little bit more of the personal, behind the scenes answer, if you will. So we've yeah. been married 21 years now. So some oh, people man. it's like, what? You, you work together, get <laughs> a company together. It's our third company together. So yeah, we've got clearly the business realm Working together isn't a problem for us. In fact, we strive all. But with the augmented reality piece, early on in our marriage, he would talk about tech. Oh, this thing. He would explain it to me and I'd try to, like, he was like, that was his pillow talk was all this tech stuff. (laughs) So I would try to wrap my head around it. And then he would open up like Visual Studio Magazine or some article in an email. And he's like pointing to it going, remember that thing? Remember that thing I told you about? This is it. And I was like, oh yeah, huh. Interesting. Well, that started (laughs) happening more and more. And he... In this realm of life, only this tiny sliver, no, I'm just kidding, but he was right often. He was right. <laughs> and so I started seeing this pattern. And so in 2009, app, smartphones had just come out. App Store yep. came out in 2008. And in 2009, he starts talking to me about augmented reality. And he's telling, he's explaining it to me. He's like, hold up a phone going, these things are ridiculous. We don't even need these screens. Screens are going to go away. You're just going to put some sort of glasses on and see everything in front of you. And he's talking real fast. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. And then out comes that legal side of me, you know, the, the attorney side, if you will. And I was like, all right. I had seen it. He had been right enough times that I was like, there's something here where this is so early on. And to be full transparent, I thought, this has got to be patented. Somebody's already done this. So I start looking at the USPTO, United States Patent Trademark Office's mm-hmm. search for augmented reality patents. It was like two pages of results. And for those who mm. have done patent research, that is yeah. not nothing. Nothing. I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh. And so I said, let's patent this. And he's like, okay, okay, like move on to the next thing. And I was like, no, this is it. There's something here. We set up some meetings with some attorneys, started chatting through it. And that's when we started our, our IP process. And, you know, Gravity Jack was birthed and then it turned into evangelizing the tech. Mm-hmm. So... You guys had, when did you guys get the vision of the, the interpretive, like the, the, cause I guess we should kind of back up and say like, if, again, if you haven't listened to Luke's interview, you, you should, oh, oh dear listener. <laughs> but one of the, the really amazing things that I think could come out of what Gravity Jack is doing is, is taking the perspective of it becoming, I mean, for lack of better, like descriptor terms, it's like a Star Trek universal translator coming. <laughs> and and one of the neat things that you guys have envisioned is the aspect of translating the Bible this way mm-hmm. into other languages that have never seen a translation. I, I yeah. think it's an, an unappreciated fact, probably, that somewhere on the order of about 40 to 50% of world languages do not have a Bible translation. Correct. And that's, that's really wild. Not yeah. something I really thought about recently. So <laughs> where did you guys kind of consider that that was an opportunity? That was a God thing. I mean, honestly, it, it's not something that either either one of us could take credit for. Now, the game itself, so the mm-hmm. game of War Tribe that we are creating, you know, raising funds for to create, the game mechanics, the interaction, the how-to, that's something that we had thought of very early on in Gravity Jack's history. We even have an mm-hmm. old, like, promo video that's not quite the same war, but conceptually, like, integrating augmented reality into gameplay where you are physically attaching things to people, doing these quests, like that kind of stuff we had come up with. Mm -hmm. 
years, years back. And then it's been in more recent years where it was this recognition and acknowledgement of a need. Some of the most beautiful inventions, intellectually, software, or physical, are born out of seeing a need and finding a solution to that need. Mm-hmm. And we're in this, it, timing's everything. I mean, especially with the Lord. We're in this position now where debatable, depending on what, what article you want to read, 85 to 94% of the world has access to a smartphone. Either mm-hmm. has or has access to a smartphone. Tiny little villages in the middle of nowhere now. Five years ago, that wasn't true. It just right. wasn't. So now we're in this like, you know, perfect storm in a positive way from a technological perspective. People know what AR is. They understand what augmented reality is. Mobile devices have more compute power than ever. So they can handle really cool AR gameplay. People in these remote villages in the middle of nowhere have access to smartphones. They're needing new ways to earn revenue. And now Mm -hmm. we can, we can offer them that works. And the lore was a God thing as well around the game that ties perfectly into translation because you can't just randomly throw a translation thing into a game like that's weird <laughs> yeah <laughs> so so you can see how god had his hand in this where he takes the game mechanics that were burst years back now we bring it into this lore where you know there's these evil ais trying to take over humanity we band yeah. together the good they scramble languages in the game which allows us to integrate this translation on top of these relationships. Yeah, Yeah, that these relationships that God has given us, that you're like, all right, Lord, I see what you're doing. And we give you our yes. Yeah. And and this, I think, even alludes to, you know, the the other part of, of, I think, what's so great about your story, and I want you to kind of, you know, tell us more about that, is that, you know, you guys went through your own spiritual awakening, if you will, where or a revitalization, perhaps, is maybe a better way of putting it. I mean, or more perhaps you have a better word to, to describe it. It was I mean, it's so your, dramatic. I mean, it was born again. Yeah. It was yeah. night, night night and day. Yeah. And and that's, so like, let's talk about that a little bit because that affected the way, not only the way that your relationship progressed, but also the way in which you decided to continue operating your business. Mm-hmm. So tell me, tell me a little bit about your kind of perspective on all that. What, what, in your, in your words, what happened to you there? So I'm a first-generation Christian. My parents are still married. I have an older brother, younger brother. I have a great relationship with my family, but they just don't know the Lord. Never have. My older brother just accepted Jesus like a month ago, though. So. Oh, great. Yeah, awesome, awesome. So anyways, when Luke and I got married, had kids, it was, I, I, I felt the tug of the Lord. Like, I I can see where it was like drawing me, but I just said, you had mm-hmm. a context. You're like spinning around with no true north, you know? And so he and I went to church. Okay, well, like, we want something better for our children. Let's go mm-hmm. to church. And it was this really boring church. I remember like, <laughs> I just being real. I was like, okay, is this what Christianity is? I can do this. I can do this, you know, must have been through it. And we had gone to other churches, went to Bible studies. And so I had this intellectual knowledge. I did believe Jesus Son of God, and, and you know, reading scripture and diving into it, but it was not alive. It was not mm-hmm. alive for me. And it's hard to put into words for people who don't get it, but I'm like, there's so many people who are not alive in the word and not alive in the Lord. And I don't say that with judgment, I say that with experience. Yeah. And when you have that, like lukewarm, debatably just kind of cold <laughs> faith for us, for me. Now, Luke and I always passion, love, adventure, never a problem. And we always put your marriage first and that will bless your children. But mm-hmm. nowhere on our on our tier was the Lord. He didn't mm-hmm. even have a place, let alone be at the top. And it's no, 
he is always above my husband, my children, my my life, my everything. And that's how the blessing trickles down. Yeah. And so anyways, through that lack of relationship, you know, we just started making really, 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 really horrible decisions. Oh. And Luke and I together, you know, it, which is the total lie of the enemy, you know, oh, you're going to do this thing together. That makes it okay. Absolutely not. Abs- it's just the enemy and his tactics. But Luke and I, you know, we just joined arms with the world. You know, we mm-hmm. were we were not just in it, we were of it. And just became a terrible version of myself. Like I look back and it feels like not even a different lifetime, like a different person. It's very hard for me to wrap my mind around how I could have been that person, mm-hmm. especially for a, about a two-year period. And in 2019, we separated. It was like enough, done with that side of things. We separated and it was separately, actually, he was in my mom, my mother-in-law's house basement, and I was here with the kids. And it was like just a realization to a level I didn't know was possible. Honestly, I can say I had never repented of anything until that day, which would have been 2019. So here I am like in my 30s, and I'd never really known what repentance was. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not an angry person. I'm generally a positive person. I really, truly do love life, always have. But there's a difference between like... I'm sorry I did that. I'm sorry I, you feel that way versus just yeah. a, 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 just a complete whole mind, body, spirit, everything, repentance of behavior. And I had full repentance and it was like these blinders. I mean, I think of these blinds like going like a cartoon <laughs> because it was so clear. Like I woke up just crystal clear down to the littlest decisions that I would have made going, what the heck was wrong with me? Like, how, how did I do the mental gymnastics to justify doing that behavior? Mm. And it was just so, so clear. I will say moving into COVID, you know, a lot of people wrapped in fear. Fear's never been my problem either. And it's the skydiving and the writing and everything, but, but, <laughs> but deception, you know, people were deceived through COVID. And I will yeah. say, I can say, I know what it's like to walk in deception, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So it gave me a little bit more compassion for them. And so in 2019, God came, ripped us out, put us on solid ground, really. And over the course of, it it was 40 days we were separated, but it felt like a year. It was just the longest time ever. And now we have what you're supposed to have, where you just have the father at, at, in his rightful place and both longing and driving to know him more and, and just be in relationship. Like, I oh, I didn't used to cry. Side note, never cried. <laughs> I think I cried three times in my life. And now I cry all the time. I mean, good, bad. My daughter's like, mom, you talk about cry like it's a badge of honor. And I'm like, it is a badge of honor. <laughs> <laughs> because it's authentic now. I just feel things now. I, I know I was always meant to feel them. And so through that, when it comes to business, 2019, so we get to know the Lord in March. It's beautiful. It's amazing. There's things, struggles with our daughter. And then the business starts going through a massive, massive, massive struggle. We end up getting into a lawsuit. It's wild. But it's it, honestly, I say this with a smile on my face, it was a valley. I mean, it was a valley from finances, again, to my children, to things, you know, just, just grieving decisions and things that we had done before, the lawsuit, all these things. And there was joy. And there was peace and there was just this contentment of going, okay, I can't change all of these things, but I can do what you have for me to do today, Father, and then I can rest. Hmm. And we did. And it was 
we prayed. I mean, we prayed together all the time, Luke and I anyways. And it was, we'd spin our chairs around. And I'm like, I have a call with a client. Can we pray about it? I, I've got a knot in my stomach. Can we pray about it? You know, I'm thinking about our daughter. Can we pray about it? All these things. And so that just transitioned into business. And, you know, through his grace, he, he pulled one of his wild miracles, actually multiple, so many miracles that year, genuine miracles, that we've been forever changed. It's, it's just so cool to, to hear that part of the story that, it, you know, be, when you go through these really tough times to come out of that and have a completely differentiated perspective, especially one that involves a true, you know, repentance component to it, realizing that there was something, there was something wrong about before you've been completely changed. And that is even flowing into the way in which you operate your business as well. And of course, your family and all of that. It's just, uh, it's really exciting to see. And that's even affected the way in which you talk and interact with your employees, right? 100%. Oh my gosh, yes. 100%. And I mean, there's been, because we're a secular company, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Gravity is a secular company and yeah. you just can't hope. You, I don't even realize I'm saying certain things like, gosh, I've been praying about that one and it is tough. And I don't even realize I'm saying it, but I've had the opportunity to pray for and with employees, you know, yep. struggling with something. And they come to me and said, you know, hey, I'm struggling here. And I'm, one has even proactively asked to pray for, and, I, and I'll ask if they want me to. And it's not, you know, it, it's, they know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't not, you can't meet me and not know anything now. Yeah. I do that on purpose. It just, it's, it's just, you can't be transformed to the levels of coming to cry to the levels yeah. we, that we were and not have it spill over. The way I read you guys, and I think this is really interesting because I, I would like to think that I try to exhibit similar properties or, or at least, you know, how do you, how do you describe it other than when this stuff is just built so much into your personality, into who you are as a person, all of that, you're not really at that point actively trying to kind of evangelize per se. It's just happening. Yeah, It's just part of what is the natural outgrowth of interactions with people rather than and some sort of planned event, you know? And if we're, if we're living out our faith correctly, it's actually not us. It's the yeah. Holy Spirit through us. That's what, they, that's what they see. That's what they react to. That's what they feel. That's what that difference is. Mm-hmm. And ideally. Yeah. Yeah, you become just sort of the vessel of transmission rather than some court sort of, you know, again, instead of being a planned event. <laughs> and that's, you know, I, I mean, and there's something to be said for, you know, the Holy Spirit works just as much through preparation as through the the, the act of the doing itself. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that's why it's important that we continue to build ourselves up within the word, with proper teaching, with the community of faith and so on. It enables that kind of unplanned action, <laughs> if yeah. you will, down the line, right? Well, think about it. You're in your workplace, like when you're home, for me, for if you have children, I think your greatest ministry, the greatest battlefield is your children. It, sure. That's your greatest ministry. You know? That's a third of your, if you're, if you have to work full time, if that's a third of your life, the other third of mm-hmm. your life is your workplace. It's your employees. It's your clients. It's your co- colleagues. It's the people you're working with. So you're telling me you're not going to be authentic to who you are in your faith for a third of your life. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. <what? laughs> yeah, that would be. I couldn't live that split. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. So to 
tell me tell me more about like the 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 ways in which you know okay so you you pray for for your employees you play sometimes even pray with them to what extent does this affect even just your the way in which you interact with them like on a business basis well i think it's how you handle situations okay i i tend to get brought in um historic pre pre jesus as i say <laughs> yeah. pj at DC. <laughs> yeah i was the, i was the problem solver and, yeah. you know, so when all crap hit the fan and something's going on with the project or a client, if, it, if they needed someone to step in, I would, I would step in. And so they watch how you're handling those situations mm-hmm. and they pay attention to those little things. And, you know, it, it's important to walk those out in love. Like you can't mm-hmm. just, you know, pop off, even if they've done this, this, and this wrong. You don't just go <laughs> down <laughs> once, you know, you, you encourage them and you talk to them in love or this one's struggling with this person. It's like, okay, well, let's have all of us talk together. Let's talk through that. Or, you know, giving them opportunities in a subtle way that sometimes they don't even realize it to work the problem out with the person, you know, that the person or situation prior to having to bring other people in. It's, it's all these little tiny ways, but that let's talk. No talking behind each other's back. Let's mm-hmm. bring it to the table. Let's work this out together. We're a team. And, you know, it's funny because you'll see a lot of some of the best business interactions are using basic biblical principles, whether they realize it or not. Some of the best. Yeah. Are. yeah and I think that that's really interesting because, you know, we could, we, we would say, of course, that, for instance, that Christianity is the best way to live bar none, period. Period. Because that is living in in accordance with the way God intended or designed you to be, right? And so there's something to be said then for like, even if even if it's not immediately evident that when we're operating our businesses, if not with like direct biblical principles, we're still in line with what God wants us to be there. And, and that's where I, I kind of feel like there's an interesting corollary to things like the you know, the, my, my father-in-law loves to say, the Bible doesn't teach you to bake a cake. Well, similarly, like the Bible doesn't exactly teach you to run a business. But what principles are we bringing to bear there? Mm-hmm. What are we, who we are as people matters. And we don't, you know, we don't just cordon off that element of our, of who we are and like, and say, well, well I'm not going to be authentic for the third, that third amount of time in my life, you mm-hmm. know? And so that's, I guess that's where I, I feel like that, you know, you guys have an interesting perspective on the, both the way you were and now the way, and the way you are now. Mm-hmm. And that's, so that's what I'm, I'm, I'm kind of want to continue to kind of unpack a little more here. But if, if we can, you know, you've, you guys have indicated things like, you know, this even affects the way that you hire and fire. Totally. Which I think is really interesting. I mean, to what extent does that kind of, you know, your attitudes kind of play, come into play there? Because it's treating people. It's how you treat people. Right. Mm -hmm. And how you care for them. Even when your flesh, frankly, we very recently had a situation where even when someone's taking advantage of you, it's known, Mm -hmm. you know, they're taking advantage of you. It's been, you can like prove it based on lack of hours worked, (laughs) you know, something to that effect. But at the end of it, do you say, you were taking advantage of me? You weren't putting the hours in. You, 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 you. No. Why? Why are you going to do that? You know, mm-hmm. how that is separated, you know, you don't, you don't need that negativity and that, that flesh 
because I can't, could you imagine how Satan would just run with that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those seeds of, of all of that negativity, both in you and the damage it could do to the other person. Yeah. No, that's not. And then also just treating people like people, you know, if you're on the hiring front, you know, maybe they don't get the role instead of just ghosting them. Now it's different. If you have 200 people apply for a single role, you're not going to, you maybe not have personal interaction with all 200, but if you're communicating with like 10 of them and then so you hire some, you, you, you communicate with them. Hey, appreciated it. You know, if it's somebody you actually are interested in, don't, don't send, say words to them. You don't mean, you know? Mm-hmm. So some of them are like, you know, please do keep in touch, reach back out to us in six months. We do not say that unless we mean it because that's just not right. <laughs> mm-hmm. And oftentimes, you know, people will do things like that. Awesome. Well, it's in, it's really encouraging to hear what you guys have done and and how you you know how you've changed and so you know, throughout the years both as a couple and, and the way in which you've built this business as we as we begin kind of drawing to a close here Jennifer I I, I want to kind of ask you the the same question that this is my my the kind of standard question I love to ask all of our guests and that's as as you kind of think back on these experiences you've had. Imagine that you were able to go back in time and give your younger self some advice about work, about business, about your faith. What kinds of things would you want to have told to to have known back then? Mm. And hopefully, to to kind of give our our folks who are listening perspective. First and foremost, would be to have relationship with the Lord like I have now. Mm-hmm. That it is your faith journey is not about just reading words in a book called the Bible. It's mm-hmm. not just about listening to sermons, going to church on Sundays, talking to the people over the coffee bar. It is if if you're opening your Bible and the words are not jumping out at you and not hitting your spirit to the level that you're covered in goosebumps and sometimes pushed to tears, mm. pray that he reveals that. Seek the Father, deepen my relationship with you. I want more mm. than just this, you know, surface intellectual. I, you know, I would want that. First and foremost, I mean, geez, if I could go back, that would be it. From a business <laughs> perspective, I spent a lot of years doing that whole financial CFO role. And it wasn't actually until we went to a counselor, not there wasn't anything, not that that's a go to counselor when there's problems, but it was this time in our marriage where things were going great. And we went to this particular counselor who had a very structured like approach. It wasn't just like sit down and tell me your feelings. It was like learning who you were. You took quizzes and tests or homework or whatever you want to call them. Anyways, in that process was me, ended up talking about business. And I'm like, you know, you just sit here doing balance sheets and P&Ls and numbers. And it's so easy and boring. Anybody can do this. It's not, I want something challenging. He's like, okay, let's pause for a second. Because if you said that to certain people, that would actually really hurt their feelings. And I'm like, (laughs) Say what? This was pre-Jesus though. And I'm like, uh, say what? He's BC, like, you're, BC. No. Yeah, BC, BC. <laughs> He's saying that you're saying that this is easy and that, you know, running numbers and finances and accounting. And I'm like, yeah, anyone can do this. And he goes, no, that's not true. And that would be hurtful to people who struggle in this area. And I was like, so being cognizant of, A, just because something comes easy to you does not mean it comes easy to other people and that can actually hurt them, whatever that thing is. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you may start talking about running your podcast and all your flipping and switches <laughs> and editing and this and this. And you're like, oh, it's a piece of cake. And somebody stepped in like, what? I have no idea how to do that stuff. But first, I went a long time doing something that was very 
unfulfilling in the business mm-hmm. part. Now I was, at, I got most of my time was I was at home mom with my baby. So I didn't have to do it full time, praise God. But I did, did it for far longer than I wish I would have because that hmm. wasn't fulfilling. And yes, I was good at that, but that, but it, it, it wasn't like now where I'm like, ah, I get to talk with, with these people and I get to make difference and I get to be creative with them and I get to solve their problems with technology. Da, 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 da. You know, I, I think, wow, what if I would have been doing that for those whatever nine years that I was doing that other thing? So pray about it. And if you're doing something, you know, if, is there a, another element with, inside of an office, inside of a business, inside of a company that could be potentially more fulfilling and seek that out? I mean, don't just quit your job and go do something. I'm not recommending any of that. Yeah. Pray into it. Pray into it. But yeah, that would be one for me. Awesome. Well, and so lastly, Jennifer, let's kind of wrap everything up with, are there any other messages that you want our listeners, especially as, especially if they've also listened to Luke's talk too, to kind of remember about the message that you guys have for the world through Jesus, through the Holy Spirit? What kind of wrap-up message you want everybody who listens to this to walk away from? I would say no matter where you're at, what your role is, lean into the Father, ask Him how you can be used in your workplace, how you can be used in your relationship, and how your work can be used for the kingdom. Because it doesn't matter what industry you are in, you are talking to people all day long and communicating with them. Let them see Mm -hmm. Christ through you. Let them leave the day going, huh, what is it that's different about them? And they can seek that out. Awesome. Well, Jennifer, thank you so much for being our guest here on Faith Ventures. We appreciate you and Luke both. You guys have such an exciting story and something that's very encouraging for people. And so may I also encourage you with, of course, don't let the spirit go out of you guys. What you're doing is important. What you're doing is wonderful. And I'm so glad that we've had you on today. So thanks again. Thank you. Have a good one. All right. Well, this has been Faith Ventures. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you next time.